Imagine the first day of school. Not just any first day of school, but the first day for a brand new high schooler, a freshman, a ninth grader. Now imagine that you're locked out of your classroom the very first day of school. It's dark inside, but there's music blasting, and there's a note on the door. The note says, you're about to start an escape room. On the first day of school, an activity on the first day of school? Well, that's what I do in my classroom. My first day of school is an escape room. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I use to get that escape room going uh, and different ways I use escape room elements in my classroom uh, to teach social studies. So let's get started. First of all, let's talk about the basic premise of an escape room. If you've ever done a real escape room out in you know, the community or in your, your local city or town, uh, it works just like one that would be in your classroom. Uh, you have a, a timer that's set with a certain amount of time, and it's your task in a small group or as an individual to try to unlock a bunch of locks or uh, solve a bunch of clues to escape that room. And the same thing's true for an escape room in a classroom. So in my escape room classroom on the very first day of school, there are actual physical locks and there are digital locks. And physical locks are physical locks. They're locks that are locking shut uh, boxes in my room. Uh, some of those boxes have other boxes with locks on the inside. And some of those boxes might have uh, like tools needed to solve other clues within the room. Uh, you can check out, there's, there's some great kits uh, from like Breakout EDU uh, that have all the tools you need, but you can basically assemble your own uh, locks and boxes and whatever you want for your own classroom. Uh, any store has locks with like number combinations, with directional locks. Uh, there are locks where you can spell out words, which is great for a social studies classroom. Uh, there are locks that uh, can have a combination of these things and they can create an experience that's pretty amazing uh, as they try to solve things. Now, I also use digital locks, uh, basically using a Google form where students have to put in the right word to unlock a lock. Uh, and this is something I use when I do digital escape rooms, which I'm going to save for a, a different podcast episode uh, where students try to unlock locks digitally. Uh, but we'll save that for uh, another podcast in the future. Now, before I give you some of my favorite examples of locks that I used this year in my uh, first day escape room, uh, let me just talk about why I do this. And, and first of all, I do this um, because the rest of the first day of school can be kind of monotonous. Teachers are going over syllabus. Uh, teachers are talking about the rules and expectations for the school year. Uh, teachers are doing pre-assessments to see where students are at. And I want to create a, a different atmosphere, an atmosphere that has uh, fun and, and challenge on that first day of school. We'll get to the syllabus later. We'll talk about expectations for the class later. Um, why not get an experience, a memorable experience on that very first day of school? Uh, and secondly, it tells me a lot about the school, or not the school, but the class atmosphere. It tells me which students are uh, the leaders of the group. It tells me which students work really well together. It tells me which students can be distracted by working well with others. Uh, and it kind of gives me a, an inside look at the classroom uh, and the class as a whole. Uh, and lastly, it can be a, a learning experience. Escape rooms can be designed uh, for multiple different things. 
I'd say there's three key uh, classroom escape room uh, premises. You could have an escape room that is built to introduce students to you and your classroom. And that's what my first day escape room is about. It's about students learning about me, learning about my classroom, learning about what the class ahead of them is like. Secondly, you could do an escape room based on learning, where students are literally learning stuff along the way. A lot of my digital escape rooms are focused on learning, where students are reading articles, they're seeing videos on YouTube, videos created by me, and they're basically learning and could be taking notes along the way uh, in the escape room. And the third type of escape room, which I've also done with physical escape rooms, is a review escape room, where students are uh, not learning new material, not uh, just discovering the classroom, but they're using their prior knowledge to try to escape that escape room. Uh, I've done a, uh, a great physical escape room on Congress in the past, uh, in which students are trying to unlock locks having to do about Congress after they've learned about Congress. So I'll have, for example, a, a projection on the TV in my room uh, that showcases the Rules Committee. Now, I don't tell them anything about this projection, and I don't give them any real clues, but it's their job to figure out that that is the Rules Committee. I'm not, there's nothing on the screen that says rules. There's nothing on the screen that says committee. And it's their job to look at the screen, uh, use their devices, use their prior knowledge to try to figure out what committee this is. And one of the physical locks in my room actually spells out rules, R-U-L-E-S, uh, because that's one of the locks they have to unlock. So if they use their critical thinking skills with that image, uh, they can um, solve it. Uh, I also use a lot of political cartoons do my, during my review um, escape rooms. So students are solving uh, clues and riddles having to do with those political cartoons. Now, the fun part isn't necessarily the locks. The fun part is them solving clues, them solving uh, riddles along the way to try to um, learn more about your classroom or learn more about a content area or showcase that they know the content from a specific unit. So, for example, let me give you some real examples from this year. Uh, what, I, what I did with my students is, first of all, I got a, a sheet of paper and I drew a map of my classroom. What better way to have my students realize what's around them than to literally draw a map? And I'm not necessarily like the best artist, but I hand drew this uh, on paper architecture style. Uh, and then what I did is I basically drew a treasure map. I drew the, the dotted lines with the X marks the spots. And my classroom is on the end of the building with a door that accesses the outside. Uh, and it allows me to, to take my class outside if I want to. Uh, but also kind of creates an interesting uh, path where my students had to go uh, just outside the window where there was a little uh, treasure chest, a little box uh, that they could uh, access the next thing they needed for that uh, lock. Anyways, so I created this treasure uh, map, uh, a map of the classroom that also had dotted lines that kind of weaved around the room uh, and exited out, exited out the door uh, to that, um, that treasure chest. Uh, anyways, the, the, the clever part here is that I took the map and I cut it up. So I cut it up into a bunch of different pieces, uh, and they had to put together those pieces. Now, I didn't hide the pieces all over the room. I did put them on one table space, 
uh, I did turn them all over, and on the backs, I wrote letters. And those letters, if they were unscrambled into a word, would spell out treasure map. But on the other side is literally the treasure map. So some students, when they came in, they focused just on the letters. And it took them a little while to realize that on the back was literally a map of the classroom. Uh, and it took them a little while to piece together that it was a map of the classroom. And then once they had that figured out, they put together the map and then went out uh, to, to get that treasure chest, to bring it inside, uh, to unlock it, and to basically move on to the next solving of the clues. But this is great because it's getting students to, to critically think, to problem solve uh, without really any directions. I'm not telling them uh, what to do. I'm not blatantly telling them it's a treasure map. They're just kind of figuring it out and working together to figure it out. Another example from this year, I wanted my students to learn more about me. So I am a big fan of visiting national parks with my family. And what I did is I printed out a photo that I took from a bunch of different national parks that I've visited over the past couple years. Uh, I put those photos on our whiteboard. Basically, I magnetized them and put them on the board so they could kind of move around in, into different spots. Uh, and above them, I put the name of the national park on a separate piece of paper. So imagine there's the name of the national park, and then below it is a picture of me at that national park. Then, well, then I wrote on them. But I didn't write in, like, normal marker or crayon or pencil or pen. I wrote in invisible ink. I wrote the years of a presidency in invisible ink up on uh, those pictures. Now, you can't see that invisible ink uh, without the right lighting. So that lighting is gonna be something that they'll have to like piece together, that this light needs to be shined on to this, this piece of paper, these papers that are on uh, the board. And to make things even more difficult, I scrambled up the pictures. So I put the picture of me at the Grand Canyon uh, under the description of me uh, being at Yellowstone. I took the picture of me at Glacier National Park and I scrambled that over to uh, me at Theodore Roosevelt. So the students had to uh, work together to figure out like which picture goes with which name of the national park. They then had to find the, uh, the light in the room that would be shined on this uh, to, to figure out that it was literally giving you the years uh, of Teddy Roosevelt's presidency. Uh, to, and that takes a lot of problem solving there. They had to do multiple steps. They had to unscramble. And first of all, they had to figure out that unscrambling needed to be done. Then they had to piece together that this other thing in the room, this other clue was related to this. And then once they had a few dates up there, if they figured out that they were dates, they had to figure out that that was the, the president in the room. And it helps that I have uh, this periodic table of presidents. Uh, and if you've never heard of periodic table of presidents, they're an amazing company that makes some, some phenomenal products. Um, I have a periodic table of presidents in my classroom uh, in which students can reference which president was when uh, and what events happened during that presidency. So students were able to go, run over there, uh, see the, the years of the presidency, and piece together that the answer was uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Now, clues don't have to be that complex. One of my favorite clues over the years has been just music. Uh, every single beginning of the year escape room, I play uh, an album on loop in my classroom. 
Uh, either I play that via a record player that I keep restarting, uh, or I play it via my TV and the sound system in my room. Now, students aren't necessarily sure right away that this is part of the escape room, but it is. Uh, it's part of the escape room, and it's pointing them in a particular direction. I do have some uh, albums that I have up on the wall in the form of posters, because uh, I'm a fan of a, a lot of different music genres. Uh, I have you know pictures of the Beatles up on the wall, Fleetwood Mac, uh, and all sorts of different bands. And in particular, I like to play a Beatles album while they're working on this escape room. Now, all they have to do is listen, and they can find out that there is a... Uh, there's a clue behind that poster. So if they go over to the poster and associate it with the music above them, there's a key hidden behind that poster. Now, this is great because sometimes classes are going to ask for some sort of hint. And my favorite hint to tell them is not all clues can be seen. Some must be taken in with their other senses. And so this gets them thinking about what's all around them. It gets them thinking about what's in the room. And it gets them always, you know, it gets them learning about me and uh, my taste in music uh, from what they discover in the end. Uh, plus, it's just some great critical thinking uh, in action. Now, I don't want to give away too many of my clues and too many of the answers to the locks because you never know what student might be listening to my podcast in advance. But uh, I do want to emphasize, like, this is a great opening day activity. It gets my students engaged. It gets my students active. It gets my students competitive as I tell them every class is competing against the other classes for the best time. And it really just gets them thinking. It gets them critically thinking on the very first day of school. Uh, and that's a great experience because I get to see them uh, work on these puzzles together uh, to try to, to break out. And most of the time they don't break out. But by the end of the year, a lot of times the breakouts, these escape rooms are seen as one of their favorite activities. Uh, so it's creates an experience that really sticks with them, uh, practices their critical thinking skills, uh, and shows me a lot about the class that I'm going to have uh, for the next year. So I always think it's a really valuable tool. Plus, if you can utilize this for students' learning material and students' reviewing material, that's just compounding it even more. You're getting those critical thinking skills, plus you're getting all of that review and learning. I mean, that's a win-win everywhere you look at it. Now, I will talk about digital escape rooms later on this year, so I hope you tune into that episode. We'll talk about building a, an escape room, uh, but in a digital format on a website. Thank you for listening to Engage, where social studies ignites curiosity. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Wisconsin Council for the Social Studies. This amazing organization is how I've met a lot of these other amazing teachers and learned a lot of phenomenal teaching strategies that have really changed my classroom experience. Join me and many of my colleagues at the annual Social Studies Conference in March. Find out more information at wcsswisconsin.org. That's wcsswi.org.